What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So I like to record the introduction to a podcast I'm having with a guest, you know, just to be able to edify them and just make sure that I have everything, you know, correct. But this one, I came in afterwards and wanted to do the intro because this episode with Joanna really blew me away. And I think it finally connected for me with asking questions And you're going to understand this more as we dive in, but I was very, very excited about this one. I immediately went and took some of the things that she taught and applied them this morning to my walk. So without further introduction, here is my episode with Joanna Vargas. She is a business coach. She does public speaking. And, you know, once you get to know her, you can see why she's a professional dancer. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but she's an incredible, incredible, vibrant person that when you're around her, you just can't get enough of her. Her energy is infectious. So I'm really, really excited for this one. Okay. I'm so excited for today. And we're just going to let this one flow because I know that me and Joanna could probably get talking for quite a while, but Joanna, I am so excited to have you on here today. Amy, thank you for asking me. I am excited to have this chat. I am too. So, I mean, we'll get to like, cause you have two podcasts that have launched by the time this comes out, they'll have launched. Crazy. So we'll talk about those, but, um, I met Joanna at a mastermind and I know I talk about masterminds a lot on here and I hope that people see that this is a key to connection. I mean, Joanna is a perfect example of someone that I probably would have not met had I not been involved in one. And what really stood out for me with Joanna when I met her, I mean, I'd already seen, you know, prior to going, I like to scope out everyone and, you know, stalk their, <laughs> their profile, their IGs. <laughs> yes. And uh, you had such a charismatic, like attitude, you're dancing, of course, which then I connected with. So I already knew that you were someone that I had written on a short list of, okay, I need to get to know her. But then we got to do these five minute, you know, teaching lessons, which I thought were really awesome for all of us to do. And you came with something that really blew me away because it was all about asking questions. And I'm like, I need to have Joanna come on and talk about that. But before we get into the asking questions, I want you to tell me about your story because we've got a lot of parallels, you know, we're in the fitness industry you know, take me through your story, how you got to here. Amy, it's a really good story because ever since I was a little girl, I was very shy. I was very timid. Yet when I was at home, I was a very outgoing girl. And it was tough for me to be around people because I was so quiet and my shoulders were rolled and my, I was humped down this way as I watch videos when I was a little girl. 
And when I got into high school, I never knew what fat meant. I think it's different, you know, in the early 90s, at least for my experience. Growing up, I didn't see myself anyway. There were no definitions yet where I think kids nowadays know, oh, you're fat, you're this, because there's so much media and things of that nature. Yet I never had a definition of my body. And when I was 13 years old, I was asked to perform at the Magic Castle. Now, if you're familiar with Los Angeles, the Magic Castle is like the coolest castle where all the magicians perform. And I was asked to be a magician's assistant as a dancer, 13 years old, right? And I'm like little cute, but I didn't look 13. I look like probably 16 or 17. And the magician calls me up and he asked me, do you have a stomach? And I remember kind of being perplexed going, uh, I don't know what that means. And he's like, what do you mean? You don't know what that means. And he's like, do you have a stomach? Do you have a stomach? And I'm going, I don't think so. So I hung up just so naive and so young and so cute that I was. And I go to his house, we're rehearsing and I'm sitting down. So I'm, I'm leaning forward. My legs are crossed. We're on the carpet. So my tummy, you know, rolls. And I was so thin. I was so skinny. I was probably 20 pounds lighter than I am now. And he says, oh, you have a stomach. And at that moment, it was like, check mark, you're fat. And then another time in high school where I was weighing in and the PE teacher says, oh, better lay off the French fries. And again, I was 20 pounds lighter than I am now. So these two specific times, Amy, I'm like, okay, you're fat. I come home. I beg my mom to take me to Weight Watchers. And at that point was the beginning of my journey of believing the lie that I was something that I was not. And that was such a gift though to me, because now I am now teaching others about loving their body, about not buying the bullshit that other people tell you. It's just lies. And really falling in love with your body and being best friends with your body. And because of that moment and because of the, the, the binging and the this and that, going to Weight Watchers at 13 years old, and I was so tiny. I was like 123 pounds, but 123 on me looked like 103. It was so tiny because I was a dancer. And that led me to, to fitness. I started teaching fitness and aerobics at every gym possible, you name it. I was that hustler that would sub every class and drive here and drive there. And always knowing that I was a little bit different, Amy, which led me to Tony Robbins, which led me to, you know, another course. And you're talking about masterminds. I would meet one person at one, and then the other person would tell me about this one. Then I'd go over here and I'd walk on hot coals over here. Then I'd go to this one and I'd, you know, swing from some ladder. And every single one was a pebble leading me to my destination, where I am today, and then meeting you at the mastermind. And that's pretty much my life in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. I really, really love that you had those two powerful moments. And I find it so, um, you know, like you, I thankfully was naive for, you know, some time growing up in Hawaii, because in Hawaii, the culture, at least back in the days, royalty had weight on them. So queens, like Queen Liliuokalani, like there's a huge picture of her that she was not a thin lady. And that meant that you were well fed. So, you know, I I consider it my blessing that for that era of my life from like, because I was chubby all through that time, I didn't really see it until I got to college. And so it's, it's fascinating how like, 
social media and things like that really do put the definition on what we see as normal or what we see as fit or, you know, yeah, or sexy. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. totally. So yep. I find that really um, fascinating and how it's, you know, driven you into a lifelong career. So how long have you been in the fitness space? About 25 years. Yeah. Okay. Cause I knew you were an OG, like an OG, OG. <laughs> the old school. I taught step aerobics. Okay. If that ain't OG, I don't know what is with a, a tape. <laughs> no, I didn't have a record. I'm not that, but I, you know, I had a tape. Yeah. I didn't have, I had VHS, but I had the original Reebok step where <laughs> they were in that like metal room and you did the step on it and it looked really like hardcore, you know, like metal stairs and you got your stepper. Oh my gosh, I love it. We are so much from the same, same I mean, I did Weight Watchers, same thing. <laughs> Shout out to Weight Watchers. Oh my so God, do point. you think, because you've gotten, I mean, you went way down the rabbit hole in personal development and I love it. I remember the first time really seeing the parallels with like the fitness arena and just and losing weight and everything was completely parallel to everything you learn in personal growth. Do you think that's why you have dove in so into the personal development side of things? Absolutely. Because after 25 years of teaching fitness, I have discovered that 99.9999% of the time, it has nothing to do with their body. Right? Oh She's God. laughing. I'm like, and, but yet, Amy, I got to dangle the weight loss carrot. Because if I, I've said it before on my website, on, on videos, you know, come change your mindset. They're like, screw that. No, I want to lose 10 pounds and I want to look good. So I have to dangle the BS carrot, you know? You know, and it's so frustrating because I'm like you where it's funny. I've been a fitness coach forever and I do, you know, build programs and diets and all that. However, I would say that my daily agreement card course that I teach is far more valuable to the person because it teaches them the follow through and to like believe in themselves and like actually do what you say you're going to do because most people, it's not the strategy that they're missing. They, they, there's so much information. That's easy. Exactly. It's free with a cell phone that has more technology than sent the first man to the moon. Don't tell me you don't have the information because that's a lie. Again, remember I said, we're buying these lies. I don't know. I took you. Bullshit. It is in the mind, but that doesn't sell, which I, you know, it's like that small percent that actually get it. And I love your daily agreement cards. Absolutely. That's the foundation. You're like, oh, you want to actually change your body? Well, let's do these cards. And people are like, what? I know. It's just, it doesn't sell. Whereas if I tell you that I'm going to lose, you're going to lose 10 pounds in two weeks, people don't even care. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't care. Jump through hoops. I'll drink apple cider. I will (laughs) sit upside down. (laughs) So interesting. And 98, around 95 to 98% of people will gain the weight back. Uh, I wonder why, because we're not changing the mind in that show, The Biggest Loser. They don't have the part two when they show these people that are actually bigger than when they started because they went through mindset. Yeah, they edited the video together and they show that they're going through mindset, but it was, they didn't change the foundation. It's like building a mansion on top of a shack. You got to move the shack, right? We have to sift the soil. We got to maybe pray on the soil. We got to do all kinds of stuff on the soil, but they thought, well, we kind of just move the fence a little bit. So now let's build the mansion. And they wonder why the mansion crumbles. 
Yep. Well, we, I always say that, you know, I'm like, I'm not even bragging here, but I'm definitely a special snowflake with the stats because when I lost my weight, (laughs) I mean, you're a special snowflake too, because it is 5% will, I mean, it's 95 within five years, three to five years, you'll get back. And when you see those stats, like I always tell clients, cause it's like, they'll get to their goal and they'll be like, all right, peace out. I'll see you later. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. Now we what? need to teach you the other side of dieting. And they're like, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, and I don't want to be offensive, but I want to say, yeah. um, you're not a special snowflake. Like this takes huge shifting in your mindset because most people are motivated by the outcome will now be motivated just to live like yes. motivated just to maintain it. Right. Oh. Amy. Okay. Two things. Shout out to my brides because how many brides do I see that they want to look good on their wedding day? And then it's almost like F you to their husband. Cause now I'm going just, I'm just going to let it go. And I'm like, you're what you did this for whom your husband you, for, for the ego. So you can look good in your white dress. And then it's just done after that. Okay. And then another thing is I like to think of my last breath, Amy. So I ask, what is your why in fitness? And if their why is short-lived, or I say, if your why doesn't make you cry, it should rhyme. Why cry? Ooh, I love that. Yeah, my why, Amy, is I would love to be a little old lady like Betty White, strong and fit, still being able to do the split, still being able to do a push-up, still being able to comfortably do a squat on my last breath, if it's tomorrow, Amy, or if my last breath is in my 90s. And that's why I train. And my signature saying is, I don't work out. I train. You don't work out. We train. Now, working out, I feel, is a short-lived sprint. Training is like the Olympics. This is life. It is a part of my life, like brushing my teeth. We don't say, well, I brushed my teeth. I didn't get any cavities. I'm good. No, we're going to brush our teeth every day in order to keep them nice and beautiful and cavity-free. I think that's so important, too, because when we talk about the identity shift and you know, you probably beat your head a lot with this because I mean, I must talk about this so often in that if you're not seeing your training as a future, like do forever, not just to get your abs, not just to get, you know, some muscles and females, it's too sad that we like, it's like we grow up and we get into the gym and it's really taught to us just for caloric burn and just, it's only for the external. And we're forgetting that eventually we will be that 60, 70, 80 year old, that mobility, hello, like you're not thinking about those things. You're just thinking, okay, I just want this outcome. So I'm the same way. I'll tell you to a client, listen, even when you get to your goal, I hope you know that this still needs to be habitual. Like you still need to do daily walking. You still need to be going to the gym and strength training, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just... I, I, when I get quiet, it's because I'm just like, amen, sister. I know. I know we have, it's definitely, well, that's good about the, why make you cry? I'm going to keep that one because same thing, you know, I always ask what's your reason here? Because we did Mm -hmm. contest prep for years. Hmm. And while it was fun to play with your skills as a coach, because taking someone from lean to leaner is a lot of fun with your science manipulation. However, you learn that most competitors have not shifted their identity. They literally are for an end date. And you see it indicative of next year, what do they look like? Did they only get in shape for the show? Or, you know, like when I'm in the gym working hard and someone asks me why I'm working so hard or what I'm working for, I say life. I mean, I'm working for life. This is my personal development reps. You know? I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, Amy, when I would sit down with clients and really have a one-on-one and a girl chat, 
and to talk about the why, because I'll ask them, why are you here? Okay, then they'll give me an answer. Then the next question, I'll go, okay, then why do you want that? And then we'll go deeper. Why do you want that? And here's the interesting thing, Amy. Most of them are moms. And every time I ask them why they're here, none of them will say they're kids on the first question. They'll say some other bullshit reason. Okay, that's nice. And I'm saying bullshit as in light, like I'm trying to make it funny and light so that we can get to the like, come on, this is a lie. You're buying yes. these lies. Well, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, great. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? And then it keeps going deeper. And usually 99.9% of the time, they will cry. They will get to that. And as soon as they cry, it's not that I want to be, you know, indicative of their, of their feelings, but yet I want to find that thing, that little, that thing that pokes them. And that brings them to such appreciation and love. And when they start to talk about their kids, their family, that they just want to be happy. As soon as they say that and the tears and they'll be like, Tawana, what are you doing to me? I'm like, yay. You know, I clap like that. We found it. Cool. Yes. Yes. Now are you ready? And that's important. And speaking of questions, that's almost like the, you know, I think uh, Dean Graziosi calls it going seven layers deep. It's like, okay, and why do you want this? And why do you want this? And asking those questions, it's so critical, right? And I don't think, you know, I mean, even myself, I wasn't asking myself the questions, even just to, to take the next step in life or just creating a different scenario in my head. And it reminds me of what you taught at our, at the mastermind. And, you know, I want you to take my audience through this because it's something that everyone can always with everything ask themselves. Absolutely, Amy. I am a walking, talking question. And I would like to facilitate everyone and and explain that learning or bringing in questions into your life is similar to building a muscle. This is not going to come overnight. You're not going to have six-pack abs by doing one set of crunches. This is a compound effect. You do it a little bit every day, and it will actually become part of your life And Amy, I say, when you start to ask questions in your dreams, you know it's part of your life. Mm -hmm. When you ask questions when you're afraid, you know, like, let's say, for example, the other day, there was an earthquake. I'm in LA. There was an earthquake that happened. And right away, I asked a question. I mean, like that fast. I'm like, whoa, it's really part of my life. So what I do is anytime there's something great or there's something crappy, I ask a question. And the first question that I teach my clients, and it's like just an easy, simple question to remember, is how does it get any better than this? Ask it when something horrible happens. Let's say somebody passes away close to you and you can say, how does it get any better than this? And then ask it when you just had the best chocolate cake of your life, the best sex of your life. How does it get better than this? And Amy, here's the part two of the process is do not answer the question. You're going to notice that as a human being, we want to answer it because we want to be right, because we want to say, hey, look at me. The ego comes in. We were taught to answer questions as a young child. We were taught to raise your hand. We were taught that when you had the answer to the question, you are now right and you're a good person. And I actually want to get rid of that lie and go, okay, now don't answer it. Actually get really curious. Here's the next muscle that we're going to build is curiosity. We lost the curiosity muscle when we were a young child. We were taught, stop asking so many questions. Oh my gosh, you're asking so many questions. 
And we were told to stop asking so many questions because we probably sounded like we were whining when we were a young kid. And we asked a lot of why questions when we were a little kid. Why do I have to do this? Why aren't we there yet? Why? And our parents or the adults stop asking because it sounds like we're whining. And so questions that create more are what questions and how questions. What is this? How do I get there? Hmm. And you get really curious. And then the third step of the process, Amy, is just wait, be open and just go, okay, I'm an open vessel for whatever it's going to show up. And I think in my opinion, the third part is the hardest because we're like, okay, I don't have the answer yet. Screw this. This is stupid. It's not working. What's this thing that Joanna said? It's dumb, but it's really being open and not letting your logical brain come in to want to answer it and go, okay, it's this, 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 because it usually, most of the time is usually better than what you could have thought that your logical mind would come up with. And I'll give you an example. At our mastermind, Chris Harder, he said, we're going to go on a helicopter, right? And as soon as he said that, in my mind, I'm going, ooh, how does it get better than that? Okay. Now everybody's like, what? Right? Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. In my again, just I just do it in your mind. Ooh, how does it get better than that? That's awesome. And then as soon as we got there, it's so funny because I did this rap section, right? This one of our guys, Billy, got up and he rapped digital underground. And for some reason, I could feel my body just stand up and I grabbed the mic and I started to rap with him. Amy, my logical mind could never come up with that right? If I say, oh, how does it get better? I would say, well, maybe we're going to get free dinner. We're going to laugh. Okay. I would have never come up with the rap. And that rap was more fun than getting in the helicopter. That's just a little example of that's how it got better. Universe is like, oh, you want something? God's like, you want something better? This is how it got better. I'm like, dang. And then after the rap, how does it get better than that? And if, don't you, I love, I love, love, love that. And I love the key of not answering it because don't you find that then the person technically has such a wide opportunity to have these things come to him? Because let's face it, if we name it, the chances of that happening can be not as great. And so that could make us go down a negative path, which still, let's say that something really awesome happened, but you were too focused on it being something else, correct? Amy, exactly, because I'm not here to impugn on people that talk about manifestation, but the definition of manifesting actually means how it shows up. So when you want to manifest something, you put out there, I would like to go in a helicopter. So now you put this on your vision board and you put it out there that this is what I want. I want this. And when you ask a question, it actually opens up to greater and grander possibilities than what you could put out there. So what I like to facilitate is that if you're going to create something on a vision board, you can put that up there and go, cool, and how does it get better than that? I'm open to things of that because sometimes it shows up exactly the way you want it, and that's what it means, how it shows up. And to ask a question and the possibilities means like what's going to show up. It's a little bit different than how it's going to show up. And so when you put it out there, you actually limit you put a cap on it. 
It's like you have a glass and you put your hand on top of the glass and you capped it whenever you answer it. Because you go into a conclusion, you write the end of the movie. You're like, oh, this is already going to happen. I want to marry a guy like this and he's going to look like this and he's going to do this. And which I used to do. And now I'm like, ooh, I would like all this. And how does it get better than even that? Well, I love that. So I'm going to use this for my vision board because I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer in the manifesting, but I actually am, you know, I'm reading so many brain books right now that this, I would think would actually bring you more of the overall happiness because again, you're not limiting yourself on a certain thing. And it's kind of like, you know, I go on this walk that I saw Drew Canole, you know, he shared it. He calls it his favorite walk Mm. where when he goes on his walk, he points out like all the things that he, he likes. Right. Yeah. And I started doing that because I found myself not really appreciating nature the way that I hear others talk about. Right. So I started these walks and within weeks, it's been crazy what I see and what shows up and what, you know, beautiful things I'm seeing. So I can see the power in, you know, whereas if I would have limited that and been like, I can only choose five things this morning that I'm going to love, then those are the five things that I'm going to see, right? Whereas if I just say, this is infinite things I'm allowed to just as many as I want, Mm-hmm. I love this. Like I'm seriously going to force myself not to answer the question because I also think our logical self, we think too small. So yep. I would even guess that our when our logic brain goes in, yep. I already know, let's say I'm thinking about something for my house. My logic is going to go, well, that won't fit there. Like, yep. And that's already squashing your limitations, right? Yeah. Amy, you can say, I wonder how that's going to fit there. Ah, I love that. Another one of my favorites is wonder. I wonder how that's going to fit there. Now, I'm going to go back to where I said I'm a walking, talking question. Everything is a question for me. And I've been practicing about six, seven years with this. So again, it's it's a muscle. And for example, let's say we're on this Zoom call right now and the technology is not working. And is maybe the other person is like, oh, trying to figure it out. Again, their logical mind pressing buttons. And what I do start doing in my head, I don't do it so the other person hears me and they think I'm a whack job, right? But I'm just going in my head going, I wonder how this technology can start working right now. And girl, Amy, 99.999% of the time, it'll start to work. It's a freaking magic tool. And then I promise you, the other person will say, oh, it started working. And in my head, I'm like, thank you, God. That's it. Got it. You, How does it you get better? are blowing me away today. I am so excited about this because I am a brain hacker. Like I consider myself the person that's like, if I got to like, I got to resolve something or rethink it or, you know, flip it on its side, I'm going to become, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like your little Padawan here. You're my sensei. And I'm going to learn everything possible because that's massive. That's massive. And it's so fun to, it's like a little kid going, oh my God, you're seeing magic. The other day I was teaching a fitness class. It was live on Zoom and the internet, you know, when you look like a, a pixel person, I'm going, uh-oh. So I'm talking to them. Good morning, everybody. Okay, looks like we're having some technical difficulties. And as my mouth is moving, my brain is thinking, how does this internet get better? I wonder how it gets better. Hmm, universe, show me how it gets better. I wonder, I wonder. And a miracle, that fast, boom. The Zoom was faster, the internet was faster. And again, I don't need to be there to analyze it. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't need to answer it. I don't need to figure out why. Just I'm appreciative and like, again, Ooh, how does it get better than that? And I acknowledge 
how amazing I am. Like, dang, I'm pretty freaking magical. Because I think, Amy, we contract ourselves to think that we're not magical. We are infinite freaking human beings on this planet. Our human body is the most miraculous machine on this planet. And we choose like small and like, uh, I can't do that energy. And I'm like, we don't need to call up technical service and things of that nature. And this is not a woo-woo conversation. This is just a knowing that our human bodies are freaking Terminator, magical, like, oh, I just get really like, come on. I wonder what that is that you are choosing small and contracted and like, eh, I can't figure this out. Well, and I, you know what, that's a really good question because as you were talking about, you know, I wonder this, I wonder that I consider myself a pretty big dreamer and I have a feeling that you probably are too. Once you become a big dreamer or once you start like setting out goals or trying to manifest things, you realize that it's actually the journey that you're really chasing. So even if my imagination, like I tell my kids all the time, like even if half the stuff does not come true on say my vision board, the life that I'm creating in my imagination brings excitement to me. Like I'm actually excited. Why is that a bad thing? Why would we be upset then if I don't get the specific thing anymore. And that's the thing I think so many people are missing is not having this childlike imagination Mm. and like dreaming big. And it's interesting, Amy, and because I I watch human behavior and I, I was just at the park yesterday and I'm so intrigued by the way adults admire kids. They videotape them 24 hours a day. They're just like, you're so cute. And then we stop admiring them about, you know, maybe eight-ish. And it's like, oh, you're growing up now. We're going to stop thinking you're just so freaking cute. And I'm going, what? I'm in my 40s and I'm still freaking cute just as I was when I was four. Right? And I see you, Amy, just as cute as you are when you were three and four and five years old. I want to videotape you. You're just so cute. And so we lose that because of the adults around us, nothing to impugn on them. We're, there's just something that it's like the circle of life. Okay, now you're growing up and now you're expected to do this. And then we go into teenage years and then we get a little pissed off. Because I know that when I was 11, 12, I was just such a brat. I was that girl that mm. like my mom was like, oh God, here's the teenage years. And what I see now, Amy, what I realized what was happening was I was starting to go, oh, I'm not cute anymore. What happened to the, all the attention? And that's mm-hmm. where I got that chip. That's where I got that little brat, 10, 11, 12, 13. And then which led to like 18, 19 years old. And it was like this full circle going, okay, I would like to go back now to what I had. And that's what led me to Tony Robbins. I couldn't articulate it at that moment, Amy. But now that I can see back and I could look at it in a like aerial view, I can see that the circle was, I wanted to go back to that childlike sense because I was so happy then. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that is for other people listening as well. Maybe you can articulate it, but I know that is for me. I think it is for so many. I mean, I did an episode recently on, I said, you know, if TikTok is triggering you and it wasn't about TikTok, oh. it was that so many oh. adults are triggered by other adults playing oh, and man. other adults dancing. And it was a trigger for me a couple of years ago. And you know what I learned? You need to heal 
that part of yourself that wasn't parented correctly, because a part of reparenting yourself and the healing process of like your child trauma is actually doing things that you did as a child. And like, that's why I started dancing a couple of years ago was it was like therapy for me because I was being triggered by so many people. And it was because I wanted to be able to do that. I had put limitations on when you get old, Amy, you're not allowed to to do that. Yeah. You can't act that way. And I was finding myself. I mean, just a couple of years ago, I saw a lady with hot pink hair that was like in her fifties. I had the judgment of who does she think she is wearing hot pink hair? And then I went, she thinks she's freaking cute. That's what she thinks. Exactly. Like it's crazy when we realize our own limitations, but I'm a a big believer and we need to do those childlike things. It makes us younger. I mean, I'm always so shocked at at your age because I still think that you're like 23. And I really (laughs) attribute that to the way that you live. And I wonder what it would be like to live on a planet where we don't call it childlike. What if it's just human-like? Why is there, you act like a child, act like an adult. I wonder what that would be like. And I have so much curiosity for our Gen Zers. I think they can do it because they're pretty bad at I, I, I hope so, because I think you're so right. You know, I mean, even just me saying that is already putting that assumption on the things that change. I've really had to change the way that I see things like with my children, because even down to like, let's say your kid is, dressed in like some costume and it's like two in the afternoon and you're going to the store. I used to be the mother that would be like, put on some normal clothes and you are not going out like that. Now I'm like, girl, you want to show off yourself? Come on. You can wear your little shark costume if that's the way you want to express yourself. Because as an adult, I think the theme of my life was this, Amy, don't be yourself because who you are is just not cool enough, fun enough, you know, calm enough, like whatever it may be that the labels that you put on you. All the enoughs. Exactly. Until now I'm like, you know what? I get to decide, you know, but a lot of people are walking around, like you said, you know, just not realizing their potential of who they can be and that they get to choose who they're going to be. And when we choose for others, oh, I believe happiness is when you choose for yourself. That's where happiness is. When you truly choose so. for yourself, and, and many times what you would like to choose is different than what this reality considers normal. Well, and I think this leads into my last thing that I wanted to talk to you about because you really talk about you know loving your body. And I always try to tell women that you know it's really about alignment. It's, you know, I mean, yes, I want everyone to be healthy by definition, but your definition of healthy is going to be different. And, you know, a long time ago, I remember when I would see like full figured women, I want to know where they get this special love for themselves. And what I've learned over the years, at least from what, and I want to hear yours on this is, you know, that person's living in alignment to where they see themselves. And that's why they're so happy at whether they be 200 pounds or a hundred pounds, meaning like you can find that because of that alignment. Being in the fitness space, how have you come to the place of, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm 120, 130, 140, I still love myself. And how do you teach your clients to love themselves? Every year, Amy, I create an annual plan and I'll create like a theme and things like that for the year. And then I write a vision statement where I would read it every day when I brush my teeth. And the first question that I had last year was, how can I be best friends with my body? 
And mm-hmm. I heard that one time at, in a class and it, it just lit me up. And I'm like, that's what I would like because I've been enemies with my body my entire life. I've put her down. I've, I've talked badly about her. I, I thought she was against me. And so I was in the question for the entire year. I wonder if I could be best friends with my body. Hmm, how can it be? I would just walk around. How can I? And it just started to show up. And now a year and a half later, if you're listening to this in real time, you know, we're in the middle of 2020 and I'm starting to get the wheels turning. So I'm saying it took about 18 months, right? And where I bring her along with me, I don't have to have her there. I bring her, I'm like, come on, girl, let's go. I literally out loud, Amy, talk to my body. I talked to her. How do you treat your best friend? You talk to her, you hang out, you like, you want to do this, you go on road trips and she's there. And so I talk to her that way. I ask her questions. For example, if she's sick or has a fever, I ask her, what is this? Now, it's so interesting that as soon as we get sick, we don't feel good. We go right into other people to ask them, help me, a doctor or something of that nature, where again, I'm going to go back to, we are, this vessel, this machine is so freaking powerful that I can just go, okay, what is that? What is that? What are you trying to tell me? And the other day I got that I'm dehydrated. Cool. I had a headache and I'm like, oh, great. What is this? Because right away I wanted to go get an Advil. Now, this is some mm. other some other shit that I'm talking about because this is like people, what? You talk to your body? Yes, because I am smart. I know stuff. Joanna knows stuff. Advil does not know better than I do. I know. Mm. So I had a headache. I'm like, what is this? And that was it. I just put it out there. It took me five minutes. So I had the headache for five minutes where maybe I would have had it for hours before in the past with the Advil five minutes and I got the awareness. Like, I just know you're dehydrated. Cool. And it's not to say that every time you have a headache, you're dehydrated. It just, that was for that moment. So I drank a lot of water. I drank two liters of water at one moment, Amy, and I didn't get sick. Usually my tummy would hurt if I drank two liters, mm-hmm. two liters, boom, headache went away. Like wow. that freaking fast. Again, see how these questions are magic, but this is like, you know, another, this might be a lot, but I do want to just like throw this in there because you're asking me, I mean, this is the actual answer of how I've learned to really communicate with my body. We talk about it, mindful eating and mindful this and yeah, but like, do we really get what we're saying? Do we really get it? Are you really talking to your body? Mm-hmm. It's like, it was five minutes and so, I, go ahead. Well, I just love this because I'm thinking about the analogy of like a plant and they've shown studies in that if you talk to your plants, they perk up, they, they move, they shift, they grow. So I'm going to start talking to my feet. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm listening to you going, I am going to be thanking my feet. I'm going to be like, man, you are amazing. You carry me everywhere. Like I just see so much power in what you're saying in this. Absolutely. I would love to live in a world where talking to our body is normalized. It's not woo-woo. Like, why do we have to call it woo-woo? It's interesting because in it, my opinion, woo-woo is just science. Science, it is, it is. Right? Scientists have seen that if you talk to a plant, it will perk up. I have this book, Amy, where it's all these water molecules and it's called Love, the book. 
and they talk badly to the water molecules and then they talk love to the water molecules and they take pictures and they see the difference of the water. This one's crystal. It looks like diamonds and this one's all black. I wonder for 40 something years, I talked badly to my body badly. I go in a mirror. You're so fat. You're so ugly. Horrible. Of course I'm going to be overweight. Of course, like it's not going to be fun. And now I'm like talking to her going, Hey, you have a headache. What's up? Boom. Headache gone. Like she's happy. And I talked to her as a, she like, she's my homie. She's right there with me. Yes. I love that, man. I have gotten so many, I have like two two pages of notes here because (laughs) I mean, the questions mind blowing. I'm going to start talking to my body way more because and I really think that's the golden ticket. And I wish more people would make that part of their daily practice. I mean, I already will encourage clients, like go looking for things in the mirror that you love because what you focus on expands. And I mean, you know, we're never, especially in the fitness industry, like I'm always chasing a better version of me. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think it's so important to be able to just like always love yourself in the moment while still wanting to be better. And so I think that's the key is saying, you know, thanking your body. I mean, I'm definitely going to be starting to talk to her more often and, and just asking the questions. I mean, you bring so much, Joanna, this has been an awesome, awesome interview. I knew that this was going to be a good one and I'm going to have a full (laughs) sheet of notes of things. Tell me, okay, two podcasts. Come on now. You couldn't just launch one. You had to launch two. Tell me about both of your podcasts. You know, what has got to be better. I have one dance podcast. It's called Dance Your Life. And I get to interview dancers in the industry and dance crews. So if you love creative life, check that one out. And my other podcast that talks about things that we were talking about today, it's called The Get Up Girl. And it's all about the questions, all about using tools to pick yourself up in a different way than we've learned. Like we've learned it all. We got it. Yay. And do you want like another magic tool that's like really freaking cool? It, that's the, what the show's about. Oh, I'm so excited. So Joanna, I'm going to have in the show notes, you, everyone's going to see all of the links to see you, but you're on Instagram. Where's your favorite like platform? Is it Instagram or is it TikTok? Instagram. Yeah. Okay. I like that Instagram added that new reels like TikTok because it was like you had to be in two places. Like, yeah. So thanks, Instagram. I know. I'm like, now we can just stay at our little home. <laughs> yes. <we> like, <laughs> right? I, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on here today, Joanna. I've had such a good time. I've learned a lot. I know that my audience will learn so much. Please go follow Joanna, subscribe to her podcast. And you guys go give her reviews. I know how important that was when I was getting started. Take a screenshot, share it. It's the only way, especially podcasts get out there is by you just sending an episode to someone else. So I hope you share this with your friends and have a great one. Thank you, Joanna. I'm so incredibly grateful. And how does it get better than this, Amy? Yes. (laughs) Okay, another episode in the books. And I'll tell you what, I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this, I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out, and I would so much appreciate it. 
I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you. 